This is Coda Radio, episode 528 for July 25th, 2023. Hello, friend. Welcome back to Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and the business of software development and the world of technology. My name is Chris, and trying out Tuesdays for the first time, it's our host, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. Good morning, sunshine. Hey there. We're, we're normally a Monday show, but we move things around, and I'm kind of glad we did because a lot's going on. Yeah, so it seems like we're getting the Monday uh, news right news bus yeah first right we get the cycle and then we get like a day to like process it and also a few more things came out like i think uh over the weekend or sometime recently github announced copilot x which feels like it's been lost and everything that's going on so i yeah it's finally out out they they mentioned it a couple months ago but it was kind of like coming soon tm yeah you still you still limited signups but what they're really touting uh the last couple of days is this uh chat integration that they've added powered by gpt4 and the whole pitch is so you're you're trying to figure something out you say, explain this x reg to me or explain explain this idea to me or create me something that does this and so it's a chat generative prompt and then it pr- provides an explanation or the code or or what, whatever it might be and this is going to be the big change the big addition i heard if you ask it something about ruby it actually sends you a walnut cap and a PBR. So. <laughs> yeah, and then it, and then it just plays that random clip of Linus dissing on Ruby developers all the time. Yeah, the Ruby people, strange people, started using Git, <laughs> and suddenly it just exploded. Uh, the other thing they say, this is the part I wanted to run past you, uh, because I was just watching CNBC like I do with the live stream before the show, and it's all about only only things making money are AI right now. And I was trying to figure out why GitHub would say this, and here's what they write. As we prepare to bring the entirety of GitHub Copilot X to general availability, we believe every developer could be made 10 times more productive. This means 10 days of work done in one day, 10 hours of work done in one hour, 10 minutes of work done in a single prompt command. This allows your developers to amplify their truest self-expression and will help a new generation of developers learn how to build at the speed of thought. What do you think, man? 10 times more productive. 10 days of work in one day, 10 hours in one hour. This is the, the my favorite form of math where we get to figure out what the f*** they're talking about, right? Like, <laughs> how do you define, this is like that 10x programmer thing that I always get moody about. Is it literally 10x output or is it 10x, you know, working with the team? I mean, what is 10 times more productive? Yeah, and is the person... Uh, have 20 years of experience? Is it their first day on the job? Uh, are they, yeah. Is right. it well, 10X for all development tasks or certain types? <laughs> this is almost uh, like the Stack Overflow problem of, yeah, a bunch of like, you know, brandy green kids out of boot camps can certainly copy pasta or PHP off of Stack Overflow. And, you know, in the very beginning, probably like get, get somewhere, right? No doubt. But that very same GitHub post and just like GitHub, that very same co-pilot uh, AI is going to be just a lot more effective in the hands of somebody with a decade, two decades of experience. Do you think the plan here is to just is just to pump the astronomical potential of this magical AI until we're through the recession? And this is how they're going to keep bringing money in. You know, they you know, the some of the big tech companies just announced their most profitable first half of the year in 20 years. They're they're H1. For like Amazon and Googs and Microsoft 
was their most profitable in 20 years after just laying everybody off, by the way. Imagine being there for 15 years, getting laid off via email, and then hearing a couple of months later they just had their best H1 in 20 years. Um, and it's a lot of that is the companies that have some AI play that are getting the money right now. And I just wonder if everybody just is leaning into these claims to kind of keep that going for a bit because there's nothing else going on money wise for them. Everything else is kind of sucking. Well, it also helps when you have Fran, Fran Drescher or I'm sorry, uh, Sarah Silverman and everybody and their mother suing you because it kind of lends credence to your claims. Right. I, I got to say, though, for a, for a guy like me who uh, is probably, you know, as rough as it gets going in there and getting a starter with Copilot X, if I could say, hey, I, I want this. I mean, I go to ChatGPT already sometimes to get an idea for, say, a Home Assistant YAML configuration to set up a sensor, and I just don't really remember or I don't want to copy it or whatever. I mean, this is a random example, but it'll produce YAML results that I basically kind of consider template-ish that I have to go tweak everything, but it gets me started, right? It just gets the it gets it the basic format for me. It gets it kind of laid out, and then I can just get rolling. I actually do find that useful. And if you integrated that into an IDE directly, yeah, that seems, yeah, that would. Imp- I don't know about 10x, but it might keep me from going to Google as much and save me clicking around and reading different threads as much. And that would probably save me some time. <laughs> that's that's about it, though. I mean, I guess so, right? <laughs> I- yeah. Is it like so? Real time update here. I apparently already have Copilot X. Oh, nice! You got it. Good. I, there's just a second extension you have to install. So you're a 10x developer now. Well, let's see. I'm installing it right now in VS Code, the uh, the chat functionality, and I am going to try to ask it a question. Do you have any burning questions? Uh, ask it if it could generate. Um, uh, you know, uh, how about a Nix config? What can it can it do that kind of stuff? Because that's what I'm doing all the time now. Or like give it like a like give it a basic like you know a start could it start you like a basic Python project I wonder oh that I could definitely do that yeah I'm you think even... you can do that yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean that's, that's useful easy. that's useful I guess doesn't feel very 10xy though and I feel like we got to lean into this because we could claim that this show is hosted by a 10x developer right like that's ooh yeah man. ooh I like it put it in the bio so where where, where the hell is it it doesn't installed it see this is <sighs> maybe they haven't rolled out the chat part yet. Oh, no, here it is. It, I, you know, the standardization of how extensions work in VS Code uh, does not exist. All right. It says, welcome, Dominic M. I'm your co-pilot. I'm here to help you. There's a voice feature, too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can identify issues. You Blah, blah, blah. Generic questions. You can ask it to generate unit tests for you. You can ask it to help debug stuff as well. Actually, I there's here's this functionality. Explain the selected code. Seems, you know, maybe you're jumping into an open source project. You look, you're looking at something. Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like you're going to be at least a 2x developer, maybe a 1.2x developer. All right. So I gave it a register function. It's a TypeScript. Uh, it does an API call to literally register a user in this in this uh, app. All right. The selected code is, is a method called register. Nicely done in the API service class. Sure. Responsible to a post request. That's actually not bad. It tells you what the arguments are, the parameters, how, and then that secondarily it saves the user to which storage service, which is because I'm doing Ionic on this one. So I like it. Okay, what was your question again? Oh, I don't really know if I have one. I mean, I, 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 I don't. I, I'm very critical of the. You're going to do ten days of work in one with this. Yeah. So what was your Nix question? Let's just see if it even. Okay. Ask if it. Ask it if it can generate a, a Nix configuration for a Samba server. 
I always say please. Can you please generate? When the, <laughs> I always if debate if I should say please or not, yeah. but it sends me down this spiraling rabbit hole, so I just don't do it. A Nixky config you said for a Samba server? Yeah. Config for a Samba, which I'm always not sure if I should uh, put in all caps, but... All right, return. Let's see. Certainly, here's an example of a Nix config. We're going to throw this, because I know nothing about some, or Nix rather, into our Matrix chat. If you're not on Matrix, you should download Element or some other client and join us in our Matrix chat room. Coder.show slash Matrix. All right, so this is what it gave me. Okay, that's looking pretty legit. I also like that it's internalized, that in dev mode, you always use password one, two, three, because... You'd hate to have to do caps or symbols when you're rushing. And then it gives you a a little brief description of what it's generated for you. Mm-hmm. I don't actually see where it says install the Samba package, but, <laughs> Shh, uh, but all the config for like the shares and stuff is pretty similar to what I've set up at home. That's interesting. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah, I'm, I don't think this is going to. I don't know. See, I, I, the hype, I think I'm with you on that. I don't think this is putting too many people out of a job or anything like that. But Although you just became you just became a Nix config guy, so, you know. Well, honestly, I, I have to say where I've used, like, ChatGPT for work stuff, it's mostly been helpful in the stupid, de- like, admin stuff, right? The, all right, what package did I fail to install or, you know... I, just, I could have given you an hour on how frustrating I find Azure, but we won't do that, so... <laughs> yeah, that's what you need is have just have Copilot deal with the Azure stuff. <laughs> it's like I, I had to ask it, just explain to me what this nonsense in Azure is. It's yeah. like, ah, that is a security feature. God Can you put this in human terms? Yeah, boy, does that just suffer from the corporate speak. The most confusing admin portal ever. Hey, so other newsy thingy that happened while we, we would have missed this had we recorded on Monday. The Apple Vision Pro developer kits are going out in extremely limited quantities, I suspect. You got to check in with Apple. They will evaluate the worthiness of your project, i.e. it must be really like Vision OS focused. Are you, Marco? They're going to be sending out uh, a limited amount of headsets that Apple will be taking back and they will be checking in with the developers from time to time. They say, quote, regular contact to see how it's going. And then, yeah, you got to package it all up and ship it back. You also have to agree to keep it like in a locked room that is only accessible by the developers who are approved to work on the device. So, and that's approved by Apple. This is just like console. Team. This is like console dev kits used to be back in the day. So you basically you have, yeah. say, say you're a company. I know, but I mean, to me, this is so crazy. Like your Apple gets your company to agree to tell your staff to limit who can get access to this thing. It's just like, Basically, if you want to play ball, you have to let Apple force a little bit of your own company policy. And it's just you know, that's not uncommon, though. Yeah, I suppose so. Right. Especially if you've done like military contracting. There have been cases where like me and two other guys or one other guy could see. No, literally, we do our daily stand up with the whole team. Like, And we're working on something else. And we can't tell you. Yeah, it's it's not uncommon. And especially like super paranoid. I mean, brands, right, are are. There was, I can't say who it is. There was this one company where we were doing like a mobile uh, customer support app, PWA. And they were so worried that someone would find out about their new support flow for their customers that they had NDAs that were literally longer than the Navy's. I could see that being Apple. Um, the question I have is... How did you know? <laughs> do you think because of this kind of really locked down approach, we're going to be 
we're going to see a lot less information come out than we were hoping. I was sort of. No, it's not going to work. Yeah. You think we'll still get deets? We'll get deets. I hope. Because that's because there's going to. That's part of my, you know, I'm saving up my pennies in the meantime, but I'm going to be looking at this information that comes out to really make the final call. I mean, people are already tripping over themselves to write their, you know, vision OS focused blog. What the hell is happening in my computer? Is it going to bite you? I don't know. Oh, I downloaded that Arc browser and apparently I typed the A wrong and opened it. (laughs) I didn't know. I I didn't know what web browser had like an intro. uh, Yeah, don't you remember the good old days when things? Remember? Oh yeah, gotta have a little intro to your web browser, a little video. Oh my god, I hate video. I hate video ads. I hate video. Notice it's been what twelve years now, and I still don't do video. Can I tell you, I'm a little bit more bullish again on VR. Uh, oh no, low key though. Um, so it, my my youngest daughter recently had her birthday, and she wanted an Oculus for her birthday. I picked her up a used Quest Two for two hundred and fifty bucks. You know, well, that's, that's good. A, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. And they support family sharing of applications or account sharing. And my my middle child also for her birthday wanted an Oculus. Same deal. I gave her mine, but she's perfectly happy with it. And they they looked at the Apple one. So since they were both interested, I showed them the, the Vision Pro video and their their response is, Dad, that looks like it's for work. I want the Quest because it's for gaming. Mm. And they really enjoy it. They 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 have some co-op game that they can play together in there. You can still fight Darth Vader in the quest. I mean, there's something about it. It. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep chipping away at it. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, f- I feel like I always come back to like it's thirty five hundred bucks. I definitely could see enterprise uses, but are you really like? I can't see me buying this as a gaming thing. I just can't. Not not this one. Well, maybe. And they they got an M two in there, so maybe we'll see. I want to mention uh, our members are really like the the foundation of the show these days. Uh, as the adpocalypse sets in, coderqa.co is a way you can support the show directly with a, a monthly membership. You get an ad-free version of the show, and which there is still a sponsor in there, and you get uh, the quarterly when we when we post one each quarter, and the just a happy satisfaction of knowing you're uh, investing directly in the Coder Radio program. So the program is coderqa.co, or you can support the entire network at jupiter.party. And also you can boost in, you can boost in by either getting a brand new app at newpodcastapps.com and try out Podcasting 2.0. One of our shows very soon will be featuring some brand new Podcasting 2.0 features. And that's at newpodcastapps.com. Or you can do it from the web, getalby.com. You top that off either directly in the app or using something like the Cash app. Then head on over to the Podcast Index, podcastindex.org. We'll have a link in the notes for all this. And you can just boost right there from our entry on their website. That supports the show, and a portion of your boost goes to our editor directly, Drew. It goes to the developers of Fountain FM, Podverse, myself, and, of course, the whole network. And then we'll be reading your boost a little bit later in the show. So thank you, everybody, who supports either through the membership program, through the boost, or through both. We really appreciate it right now. So let's talk about, is it Gigi or is it Gigi? I don't quite, I actually never heard her name. song, Gigi. Gigi. All right, so let's talk about Gigi. She was... I guess Biden's pick to be the commissioner for the FCC. And you tell me that there was a lot of forces at play. It seems like this was a really political one. Yeah, this has been going on for a long time. Um, She's a big net neutrality supporter. 
Yes, she's a net neutrality supporter. She, in the past, was an advocate for internet access, uh, particularly for like rural people and poor people. Uh, sorry for our European audience. This is all going to be very U.S.-centric for a little bit. It, so a thing you have to remember, especially if you're not from the States, is our internet relative to places like Korea and you know Europe, even like Eastern Europe, sucks. It is significantly more expensive for significantly poorer service. Yes, a fact I'm reminded by by our audience around the world all the time. <laughs> if you've ever played StarCraft online from the States, I firmly believe the reason the South Koreans are so goddamn good is because they have like triple the bandwidth and no lag. But Ooh, I like this. Not quite bacon. Not bacon. Uh, kimchi, maybe. I don't know. But... <laughs> So Gigi was an advocate in the past, and like all of us, she sent some interesting tweets. Uh, they weren't like crazy Elon or crazy Mike tweets. They were, hey, it really sucks that like poor kids can't have good internet, which I got to say, yeah, it does suck. Uh, yeah, I don't know about your, your kids, Chris, but my kids going into the second grade, and they heavily rely on tablets and uh, basically internet-enabled testing and prep work, yeah. stuff like that. Although nobody ever asked maybe... Should we not do that? I think it's a maybe the better. Idea, but it's, yeah, maybe we should have just gone the other way. But I see why the teacher likes it because she doesn't have to grade anything, right? It, oh no, for sure. It, it really it improves things in so many ways. So you know, she gets a hearing, and I wish we had clips because it's quite the show. The Congress critters did not want to discuss like the actual problem, i.e., why do some towns in rural America only have DSL? Why are people resorting to HughesNet? No offense to HughesNet, but it's basically like a third-tier satellite internet service. Yeah. Why are my two options, where are the studio at, Comcast or Comcast Business? You can you can pick one. And you should always lie get the business one, even if you're not a business. I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, but I pay out the nose for it as a result. Sure and it's do. not it's, it's 300 megabits, and I'm paying nearly $400 a month. So a couple of years ago, I lived in a different town called Plant City, and the section of Plant City I lived in only had Spectrum, which is the, like the cable internet provider. Now where I live, they have both Spectrum and a company called Frontier, which is like it used to be Verizon down here. Do you know my bill for more service is half of what the bill used to be in Plant City? Really? All because there are two providers at the same level. Mm. That's all it takes. Yeah. And one of them is Spectrum. So it's the same company. <laughs> after after being at the studio, I mean, I've owned this property for, I don't know, maybe 14, 15 years. And uh, just this last month, there's another company slowly running fiber down the road. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, Comcast starts calling, wanted to renegotiate my contract. Which I'm just not having. I'm going to be switching. You switch. You got to go fiber all the way. I mean, This is the state of the AI discussion cryptocurrency discussion and the state of internet access is it all devolves into partisan attacks, right? Because she's a politically charged character because she co-founded the public knowledge group and they've taken public stances about censoring conservatives, shutting down and delicensing Fox news and delicensing Sinclair, which is a pretty aggressive, you know, it's a pretty aggressive censorship move. So she kind of, entered into, uh, I think, the targets of politics. She, she did, but it's, it's important to note that she does not believe, right? She testified right, right, that she, did. she was on the side of the conservatives, even though she admittedly is a hardcore progressive, right? Yeah. Because she, yeah. she just thinks, I mean, her basic premise is the incumbents are too powerful. 
Yep. Have we mentioned Comcast already, haven't we? AT&T, Comcast, Verizon, all those all those good old boys. And they're basically choking off competition and innovation, which I don't care how you know red or blue you are. That just seems obvious to me. But she got lambasted for that. Yeah, so, so for example, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, all the big boys spent record-breaking money lobbying to shut her down. Yep. Uh, such that the Biden administration, uh, if you, there was a good story on this, I think on uh, on uh, the New York Times. I think it was uh, the, the Verge did a good one too, but uh, I think it was uh, I don't remember who wrote it. but it Doesn't matter. You can look it up. It, it was getting this through was going to be basically impossible and blow all Biden's political capital because just think about because AT and T and Comcast in particular hate her so much. Why? Because she wants net neutrality and she wants to put our internet service and pricing on par with, let's say, I don't know, France, right? Whatever. And you remember, so Trump put in that Ajahi Pai, I can't quite remember how you pronounce his name. The man who hasn't seen a merger he didn't want to make passionate Barry White love to, yes. Right. Well, I believe he came from the telco industry, right? Wasn't he? Sure back- did. Yeah. And uh, he dismantled net neutrality regulations, which I actually don't have a stance on. I've heard it argued pretty pretty well on both sides. but. Yeah, so Trump brought this guy in who was a former industry guy or probably a current industry guy. I, I think we call that an industry plant, according yeah. to the kids. And he just slides right in, you know? <laughs> he had he, his giant coffee cup that he always carried. And yeah. he just didn't, he didn't seem, he didn't really seem up to the job or qualified for the job ever, in my opinion. You ever listen to an interview with him? He would just straight up tell you he loves mergers. He's <laughs> like, I think this is great. What are you talking about? Yeah. It's it's a very it's very much a 180 contrast between these two picks. Well, and we talked a couple months ago about the story where uh, the city of New York was trying to pay Verizon to lay fiber, and at some point Verizon was like, "This is just too expensive for us. We're not going to do it." And they didn't do it, and New York sued and lost. Right? It's just like these companies are in a lot of ways more powerful than the local government, and it's it's it can be really awful for folks that live in. Uh, apartment buildings or certain condo uh, situations where they basically have a central provider and mm-hmm. you kind of just have to opt into that. You're I'm splitting gonna, the same line effectively. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to oh. crap all over Elon later in the show. So I'll say something positive now. And that is Starlink really is a breath of a breath of fresh air and it does work. You know, I use it every single day. I'm parked out in the woods right now off grid and I have Starlink. So I have hundred megabit internet connection and it, it truly gave me a chance to break away from Verizon and AT&T, which was much worse and much more expensive. So it's, it's you know, I mean, I, I really don't know what the solution is for having a bunch of junk up in space. And I don't want to see a dozen companies launch satellite Internet services. But yeah, it really is. It's, it has been a fundamental resource for people that were completely off grid and off the territories that AT&T or Verizon or T-Mobile or any of the carriers could ever even care about. So it really has, I think it's been a lifesaver. I think it's been a utility in the military as well, which is an interesting dynamic. And it's, it's been a, it's been a big change for my family. It's like, it's like we have residential internet everywhere we go now. Yeah. So that's nice. It is really cool. I would just like, there's one thing before we move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same lobbyists and the same companies that fought good old Gigi here also have been aggressively slowing down Google Fiber's uh, outlay. Remember years ago, it started the show, we thought we're all going to have Google Fiber. Yeah, yeah. That happen. <laughs> and municipal Wi-Fi, which is uh, basically just like yeah. county or city provided internet. Do you remember our old sponsor, Ting? 
Oh, poor Ting. Yeah, man. They really tried. They tried hard they tried. on Ting Fiber and Ting yeah. Wi-Fi, and they really, they just hit wall after they wall hit a wall. After wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, if you're interested in this stuff, especially if you're from South Korea and would like to stop dunking on me, uh, you can read some of the uh, stories from, like, just, like, local municipalities, local uh, city council meetings of million-dollar lobbyists showing up and just shutting everything down. Like throwing money at it. We're talking down to the level of like a city councilwoman. They're just throwing her a million bucks and like, yeah, you're not doing that. All because they don't. It's not even that they like want to. I'm sure they would love to kill all their competition, but they just don't want to have to like do anything. Like they poorly maintain their networks. They don't expand their network. They don't upgrade. Right. A lot of your I hate to dunk on Comcast. Who am I kidding? A lot of your Comcast stuff is still old ass copper. So, Yeah. God damn it. With all love and respect to South Korea. Tailscale.com slash coder. Go on over there to get it for free for 100 devices on a personal account. Unlimited subnet, and it's a great way to support the show. So it's tailscale.com slash coder. Simple, secure mesh network for a team of any size, an individual or an enterprise. It's all built on top of WireGuard. It's a zero config VPN that you can get up and running on your devices in just minutes mobile devices servers virtual devices vpss in fact in fact oh oh in fact i want to mention congratulations to the ios team over there at tailscale they've released the new tailscale for ios and it's completely rewritten with swift ui and it's so clean and even faster i use tailscale on my ios devices i use it on my android device and then I can sync all of my information via Nextcloud over my Tailscale connection. I never have to expose my Nextcloud server to the public internet. This is fantastic for development environments and something that you can do that is just perfect. My buddy Alex and I are doing this right now is you can share a single resource or a port with someone else that has Tailscale and it'll, it'll show up on their Tailnet. So right now, my buddy Alex and I are experimenting with various services that we want to review for self-hosted. And he set up a couple of different applications, and we share that on our tailnet, and it is so smooth. It doesn't matter if we've got firewalls between us or even double carrier NAT, Tailscale just works. It allows you to get up and going in just minutes. It builds a mesh network where machines talk directly to each other, all protected by the noise protocol, and Tailscale makes it all easy to manage in a web UI. You got to try it, and if you go to tailscale.com coder, you get it for free for up to 100 devices. This is going to fundamentally change the way you do networking and in a big positive way. Go see what WireGuard can really do combined with the magic of Tailscale. Tailscale.com slash coder. We got to talk about this for a little bit. I know. I know. Uh, I know. I Twitter is really the never-ending story, and we have, we have opted to pull back on the coverage because it's, there's just always something stupid going it's on in the daily headlines. Yeah. However, how do you reach your audience, right? How do you reach, if you're trying to sell an app, if you're trying to promote a service, if you want to reach clients and establish yourself? Like, I've been thinking a lot about this. Like, I have this problem, too. It's like, there's still a place for these freaking social networks. Uh, But this is just ridiculous. Twitter has officially changed its logo to an X. Uh, This move comes after Elon Musk announced the change over the weekend. He made his people work through the weekend. He rolled this change out on a Sunday. So he made, you know, everybody that's involved with web assets and the art team, they basically had to pull the whole weekend. 
That's how you know it's serious. Uh, you know, on October, you and I caught that Elon Musk said his acquisition of Twitter was, quote, an accelerant to creating X, that, quote, everything app. Mm. So I thought, why don't we take a little step in the Wayback Machine here? In 1999, X.com was an online bank co-founded by Elon Musk, along with Harris Frickler, Christopher Payne, and Ed Ho in Palo Alto, California. In the year 2000, X.com merged with Confetti Inc., a software company also based in Palo Alto. They had a special easy payment system that Elon was interested in. That company after it was all done and merged, changed its name to PayPal. In 2017, Elon reacquired the X.com name from PayPal after they were sold to eBay uh, years ago for $1.5 billion. In 2015, PayPal was then spun off and became its own independent company again. So he bought it in 2017 again. He's been holding on to X.com. He's used it for various crap over the years to like point it to the boring company and whatnot. And on Twitter, he writes, the Twitter name made sense when it was just 140 characters. Messages going back and forth like birds tweeting. But now you can post almost anything, including several hours of video. In the months to come, we will add comprehensive communications and make the ability to conduct your entire financial world. The Twitter name does not make sense in that context. This is brand suicide. To, to, to take something like tweet, when, when you post on Twitter, you're tweeting. It is. It's a common phrase. It would be akin to Google abandoning everybody's referring to searching as Googling. It, they're the Kleenex of social media. And what are we going to X now? I'm going to go X. Just as an aside, as a branding thing, it's horrible. It sounds like something that would have been in like a 2004 X Games commercial to try to get like teenagers to be like, you got to go X, man. Get your monster energy drink at a skateboard. It has late 90s vibes to me. Yeah, which is what it's from. No kidding. All right, so let's talk about the financial stuff. I want to play you a brief clip. This is an interview with Elon. Let's get it in his own words. Essentially, if, if, if done right, the X would be would, would serve people's financial needs to such a degree that over time it would become, I don't know, maybe half of the global financial system. Wow. Or some big number. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the number is, but pretty big. Um, so it would be by far the biggest sort of, financial institution, but, but like I said, not, not, not really in the way that people are used to thinking about uh, banks, mm -hmm. just, um, just the most efficient database for the thing that is money. Um, like I said, like you know, least amount of fraud, uh, everything's real time. Um, and if it involves money in any way, it can be dealt with seamlessly on one, one location. The future of money, half the world's transactions. In one place, the everything app. How ludicrous do you think this idea is? Well, one, this has kind of been his hobby horse literally since the 90s, right? Yep. So he's, he's, he's being consistent. Who, who wants this? This just sounds like a centralized coin because it's basically the Elon Bank without FDIC insurance. It's, it's crazy. Well, I don't think the federal government would let it happen anyway. I mean, we see the closest thing to this is like a WeChat in China, right? Or at Alibaba. And uh, I don't know, remember what happened to Jack Ma when he got a little too big for Xi Jinping's britches? Well, they did actually just announce an investigation. Of course they did. <laughs> because why not? All right, they made him disappear for a couple weeks, too. I, just, I don't 
I mean, I, as a business proposition, who wouldn't want to be the middleman for all the financial transactions in, in the country or the world? You know, it is the same pitch that Sam Bankman fraud made. Uh, he also wanted to make it's everything verbatim the same. It yeah. is. And yeah. I, I think it's because it resonates with Wall Street. Mm hmm. And so maybe that's how you start to make back this 44 billion hole is, you know, you just try to build to this thing. Uh, I tell you, nobody wants this product. It's so funny how companies, once all this money gets on the line, they have no choice but to just like start building in everything. You know what's going to be next, right? It's like some sort of Slack real-time chat. It's gonna have, they're going to have to have that. They're going to have to have some sort of file storage thing, you know, because they're going to be the everything app, so they're going to have to do stocks. That's gonna, they're going to basically have to take all the functionality of the Cash app, and they'll probably back the whole thing with something like Dogecoin or something ridiculous like that. Well, no, they're going to end up being shut down. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, and, and unfortunately, because he's Elon and can't like not piss off the federal government, it's going to have, it's going to be the swiftest regulatory action we've ever seen. All right. You want to hear my bacon about it? Bacon. I think it's all just a marketing stunt. He does these things because mm. I think Elon believes that Twitter needs to have a thing of the week. That's why he launched it on Sunday. So that way everybody be talking about it Monday morning. And it'll be the thing of the week on Twitter for the week that all of the Twitters are going on about. And in a week or so, he'll roll it back just like he did the Doge logo that was on the site. And it's just he needs to drive traffic to this thing. Ultimately, this probably is the direction he wants to go. But I bet I bet the bird comes back. That's my prediction, but I'm not 100 percent. It's a prediction I give with 70 percent confidence. Just simply watching his behavior and hearing his comments. He thinks Twitter needs a character of the day and a, a controversy of the week. And um, you remember when the Wagner group was going in and was supposedly going to go get Putin? Mm. One of the number one boosters that really got that rolling on social media was Elon. Yep. Pragmatically, his account gets the most exposure. And he hit that right in the morning for the East Coast. He dropped that on Twitter and it just lit up. And the speculation about Wagner Group coming to overthrow Putin and everything just turned up to 11 that day. And then what happened to the Wagner Group? It was speculation for a week. And he does yep. this. He rolls out at the beginning of the week. This, And it's like he's he is treating it like content, like it's a content channel that people can chew on. I suspect this is all just a big marketing hype scam and maybe to get the idea rolling and to get it in the idea of investors and whatnot. OK, I have some even thicker bacon. Uh, I think he's actually looking to get some equity in here, some equity investors. And yeah, you hit it, I think, perfectly. This is the kind of thing that if you tell your your financial guy, you know, finance bro during lunch, he will not only order you another round of drinks, but he might actually start loosening his collar because he's so excited. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, and, it, and it's true. I'm not just picking on those guys, right? It's Apple, right, has proved this. It is far better to be the middleman, the platform, you know, the king of the platform. Uh, with your beautiful tax collectors than to actually be building the end product. Right. Right. It's, would you rather be, would you rather own the app store or be an app developer? And they're, they're also going to be a new level, a new type of identity provider. When you get the Twitter blue check or when you participate in, you know, one of the financial capabilities of this X app, you have to identify yourself. You have to KYC to Twitter and you, you pay for that privilege, right? You pay $8 a month for that privilege and then they sell you as a verified individual to advertisers. You still, in fact, you get you get just as many 
ads in your Twitter feed as I do, and I don't pay. I'm not saying you specifically just blue checks. Yeah. And the whole idea is to create an online community of verified people that are great to sell services and ads to that are a extra higher tier because of this verification. That blue check means you're good to go. They know who you are. That ad is being viewed by a real person. That is so exponentially valuable to the advertising community. I can't even overstate it. It's where all the money's at right now. That's, I think, the end game and just warming people up to all of this. I bet the bird comes back. Because the San Francisco police won't let him take the slide. <laughs> yeah. Also, did you notice, basically, it looks like the X old X11 logo? It looks like the old X11 I was, logo. What, it looks, well, the first thing I thought was like Weapon X, like Wolverine from the X-Men. I heard that damn song from the old cartoon. Da, 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 and I'm like, yeah, it's really not good. Like, you owned one of the most well, okay, well-known, at least, brands in the world, and you decided to take a on that. Yeah, but he's used X.com for other marketing gimmicks in the past for like the Boring Company and I think for Tesla. Yeah, I I don't want to harp on Elon too much, but you know what? Aren't you getting tired of it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the SpaceX stuff is super cool, super interesting. Happy to talk about that all day long. Sure. But you know what? I'm still on my, like, I'm still on the wagon with Twitter. And I got to tell you, I think it's like one of the best things I've done. Just putting the, the tweet bird whatever it is down the x i guess i should say the the oh the bottle with three x's on it just putting that down not getting in stupid fights about you know objective c or blah 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 politics and i don't miss it uh you did bring up a good point how do you drive traffic to your various uh you know products and, and content definitely a little bit of a change there but it, it was mostly bad traffic from twitter like traffic that was either like spam or people just kind of looky-looing not like my sales numbers are exactly the same without spending money on twitter you know no i don't do the ads anymore stuff like that i wonder just a quick poll anybody in the live chat in the chat watching live right now because of my post on twitter i've been debating just not bothering when we go live who cares right i I mean i don't know it's just i mean i I think we already know that the uh, download audience is significantly larger than the than the live right oh yeah 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 so I don't know. I just I, I maybe it's because it became too like political and fighting about. Shit. But even like the tech Twitter started getting. How many stories have we had where like somebody was a jerk to somebody on Twitter, and it like messed up a project? Right? Yeah, and to be honest with you, this changes when he starts talking about being a central bank everything app. I am not here for that. No, that, that is that's a that's a change. You just no, not I'm not interested. Not interested. You remember uh, Futurama? Yes. The mom corporation. That's what he wants to do effectively. Yeah. And only sex. Yeah, you're right. Uh, unless uh, Sam Altman beats him to it, because today, as we record. Oh, that's sneaky. I called it. WorldCoin has officially launched uh, the WLD token, which is already down uh, like 20 percent. As, as coins will be. It's running on this uh, crap blockchain network, but none of that really matters. This is the coin we talked about that has facial ID orb scanning that wants to tie your identity and then give everybody coins to do verified, biometric verified purchases, which sounds like a lot of fun. Terrible. And in their announcement, they have a little cute line in here, too, which definitely seems nice and creepy. Quote, WorldCoin is an attempt at global scale alignment. What the hell does that mean? It means nothing. I don't know, man. That sounds like some gross, some gross, like altruism thinking 
It sounds like the bad guys in every sci-fi movie. That's the thing they would have started with. Well, and and speaking of the bad guys, a fourth of the entire supply of the coins that will ever be created, which is supposed to be for the entire human race, a fourth of the supply is distributed to investors and developers. Nice. And as soon as there's a pre-mine, you're out. That's how it works. And Sam Sam Altman is going to try to pitch this as a way to verify us against bots which he's hyping up and going around and creating scare. You know, they were just at the White House this last week. Ugh. They promised on, uh, you know, committing to internal and external security testing of their systems. And they promised to share information. And they promised to not focus on certain areas and focus more on, like, things like climate change. But they're going to self-audit, essentially. Well, hang on, though. The agreement, they are also going to have external security reviews. Now, there's a lot of hand-wavy stuff in here. Like, we don't know what it means. The most concrete thing, at least that I saw, was AI content will now have some sort of digital watermarking. Did you see this one? Indeed, yeah. So that's, like, super interesting, and I'm so glad I had the next phase of the Alice marketing stuff generated already. Whoops. <laughs> I do have to edit it because it's not, it's not that great, right? Like, I, I keep in conversations with, you know, Meet Space friends and my wife calling Sam Altman, Sam Bakeman freed because he seems to be getting closer to sounding like him, you know, pre getting arrested in the Bahamas. Well, and according to dealroom.co link in the show notes, Sam Bankman freed is indeed one of the investors in Worldcoin. Of course he is. Along with Anderson Horowitz, who has also been one of the primary investors in all of these altcoin pump and dumps Coinbase ventures, who of course wants a little piece of the action is in here as well. Bunch of other ones. Gavin Woods in here, Day One Ventures, lots of VCs that are known for pumping and dumping. All the usual suspects. Three are, Arrows are Capital, I've, which well. Three Arrows Capital was one of the uh, funds that uh, collapsed and caused uh, some of the crypto market to absolutely crap the bed. Yep. So the usual suspects are the backers of this. Yeah. And they've all been given a mass, mass amount of the coin. And they uh, they have a website where you can go and schedule an appointment with an orb in a city near you. They have locations in Berlin, Dubai, London, Mexico City, Miami, New York City, San Francisco, Tokyo, and others. They've expanded to 80 countries and are on track to expand that to 120. So you can go make an appointment online with an orb, and then you go scan your face, and they'll give you some coins in a, in a crypto wallet that they control, that they build. They also... The orbs are completely closed source. No one can audit what the orbs run on if they have any security vulnerabilities at all. You know, these guys are going to be the ultimate middlemen. Also, orbs, again, with the sci-fi villain stuff, really. This is a litman's test, right? If you buy into this and you go get your face scanned and uh, you start trying to promote Worldcoin. Don't do that. It's a litman's test. And we, now, we then we know you're an idiot. That's how we know. <laughs> it's like, you, okay, that person's an idiot. And it's really simple now. So that's nice. So is this like every DMV should like ask you that before you try to sign up for a driver's license? Yeah, there you go. Would you like to buy some world coin as well? Sure. I'm sorry, sir. You have to leave. This nice sheriff's deputy will escort you out. It's so it's it's funny because they're this optimism project that they uh, are based on is kind of like one of these super MVP crypto SDKs that uh, basically has a couple of developers at a company 
creating it and doing code dumps from time to time over the wall. Like if you go check out the Optimism GitHub, like very obvious what's going on. Here's our tar file. But you can grab, yep, and then you can grab that, white label it, and use some of their infrastructure, and you're good to go. You're good to go. So yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how much smarter Sam Altman is than, uh, Sam Bakeman of Freed. It's, yeah, he's going, he's he's going straight to the white house. He, he just like, you know what? They're going to be criticizing me anyway. So let me write the rules. I'll lean into it. Right. And, uh, I gotta tell you, it's very vague, which one could mean it means nothing, but if it has any teeth whatsoever, this agreement and it becomes actually enforceable, right? Because you know the next step is make this a law. I it's really good for OpenAI, really good for Google, really good for Microsoft, really bad for any upstart. Because now you automatically have these shackles, these uh, I mean, these extra regulatory compliance issues. I I have to say, um, I think this is better than what we were going to get with Schumer's your Chucky Boy's proposal. Mm. I think this is better than that. It because remember what what Chuck wanted was a council that would review every single innovation at each step and then would have a complete audit of all of your sources for training. You invented the VAT version of innovation. um, And so what we have now instead is just sort of, you know, a gentleman's, I guess, a handshake agreement between the White House and several prominent AI companies about auditing what they're going to focus on, what they won't focus on. And sharing information. Now, that is a lot less enforceable. It's got a lot less teeth, but it is a political priority for the Biden administration, especially with a presidential election coming up. So they're going to have a close eye to make sure that at least for the first few years, these companies do stick to this agreement because they don't want the political blowback of some sort of AI situation blowing up in their face. So there will be a couple of years, I would imagine, of pretty tight compliance, and then it'll just drift from there. Well, what's going to happen? This this is the problem with trying to regulate any of this stuff. The technology is going to change faster than the regulation. And, you know, I I am sure these companies agree to nothing that would actually hamstring them, right? I want to know if WorldCoin came up in that meeting at the White House. Like, we got a solution, Mr. President. I I think Hunter bought some. (laughs) That's why it's pumping today. Oh, that's why. That that explains it. Wow. All right. Well, some good links in the notes, including more information about that White House secret deal. Little promise, little nod. All that. Uh, it's not well, really it's a secret. secret handshake. You know. The, you know. You know how it goes. <laughs> and now it is time for the boost. CEO Barros came in with thirteen thousand three hundred and seventy sats using Podverse. They write this recent Red Hat drama got me thinking. Sounds like the people who are talking about freedom and community in reality are upset because they're afraid of losing money they make over a paid product that's also been given for free. Something that's always boggled my mind, to be honest. This this reminds me of a developer I met that was an expert at Objective-C and got upset when Apple announced Swift. That's a low. That (laughs) is a low. That is is a low blow. That is so low. That is so low. Yeah, but he's actually right, right? It's just you're afraid of losing money. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, it's like there's this this is the way it's always been. How could you dare change the deal? And move my cheese. Yep. And it's free. I got a really nice thing. It was a good thing I had going for free. And now you just took my free thing away. Or I have to go through more hoops to get my free thing, perhaps. In this. Right. And, you know, IBM bought Red Hat. And I'm sure there's still some residual fee fees about that. So. 
Sir Alex Gates, the podcasting 2.0 consultant, comes in with 12,345 sets. Coming in hot with the booze. Getting involved with open source communities for membership and even friendship is definitely the right way to go. Shout out to Kevin from Hashtag Python and Hashtag Pygames on Freenode IRC channels all those years ago and introduced me to Coder Radio. Oh, that's great. Uh, if you're feeling guilty about asking others for help, keep in mind that we all want more people to help us tackle the gargantuan amount of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help. They need help. Thank you, uh, Sir Alex Gate. We appreciate that. We got a row of ducks from Scott, 2,222 sats using Podverse. Far be it for me, a single guy, to tell you how to parent. I usually agree with your takes on ChatGPT and others, but Chris, outsourcing bedtime stories to open ice servers? It's a little sad. I'm certain you can impromptu to something super fun without using ChatGPT. Regardless, glad you're having fun making up stuff with it. It's one of the best uses. I've been telling bedtime stories for 40 years. It's a, it's okay because uh, Sam uh, Sam Altman and Joe Biden, now Chris has to actually tell his kids that he got it from ChatGPT. So. <laughs> yeah, I do tell them when I do a ChatGPT one. They love them. They like them because it's like when dad's tired and like, oh, I don't want to do it. I, you know, I just want to go to bed. It's like, all right, I'll do that. Well, my, my story is that I make up for my son sometimes take weird turns. It's like, oh, yeah. And then the rabbit didn't pay his invoice. And so a fox came and turned off all his servers. What? The reason why ChatGPT came to me as an idea is because my stories are just getting kind of repetitive. Yeah. <laughs> I was running out of juice. It'd been a long time. Uh, we got 9,999 sats from Cairo, K-I-R-O, using Podverse. Boost! Regarding the U.S. military email snafu, I'd assume that those military emails would be encrypted. So in the worst case, it's probably unavoidable when the message gets into the wrong hands. It would not be readable, at least without a proper key. But I'm guessing I expect some kind of serious competency level from government institutions, and that's probably just too yeah, much. Yeah, you're not right. <laughs> I mean, they can be, but they're, they're not. Thank you for the boost, K-I-R-O. Now, my question to you is, uh, do you think that the metadata that would just be the to and from would be enough time, things like that? Perhaps you don't even need the content of the message. Yeah, I would hope they would be encrypted, but I kind of doubt it. Neural LP sent 5,999 sats with no message, and VT52 came in with 6,667 sats. I use Podverse. Grumpy old dev here. If I had a buck for every junior developer that I, that I assumed existing practices were the result of folks not keeping up with the times or whatever, well, I'd be able to keep quit my corporate job. Here's some advice. Challenge assumptions. Ask senior folks why things are the way they are. They may teach you more than those YouTubers. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they are stagnant and you should start a hunt for a new job. <laughs> Probably either way you want to know. <laughs> Thanks, VT. Appreciate the boost. Remaking Eden comes in with 10,000 sats using Fountain. Pew, pew, pew. It might be overkill, but I saw this open source self-hosted version of Jira the other day, which might just be worth looking at. It's called Plane, P-L-A-N-E. It's on uh, GitHub or Makeplane. I'm not sure, but I'll take a, take a look. I'll take a look. A Jira alternative? Could it really be? Could such a thing exist? I'll dig in and find out. It's an old dream. I am thinking Kanban. I am going to go Kanban. Probably start making some Kanbans for Linux Fest Northwest soon. Ooh. Uh-huh. Mere Mortals podcast comes in with a row of ducks. It's been almost seven years since I last had a work meeting. Oh! Imagine, I imagine this is what Benjamin Button felt like. Every further day, I'm fresher and younger. 
and I hope to continue this by becoming a value for value expert. Seven years? Seven years? How do I live that life? I work for myself and I'm still drug into meetings all the time. I, 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 I want more information on this one. It's, it's really impressive in business how quickly things immediately go to let's have a call. Yeah. And man, and more and more do I hate that. I've been trying to say no more. But then, like, I've had some people that have circled back and then have continued to push for the meeting. It is what it is, I suppose. I, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Cultivator comes in with a lucky row of 8,888 sats. Fun will now commence. Yes. I've always been under the assumption that Satoshi was a government entity. There's no way a single individual could have done what he did and remain anonymous, in my opinion. That just smells like alphabet soup. I have a, I have a theory. I think it might have been two individuals, and I think one of them died from cancer, perhaps. That's very specific. Uh, I'm not going to say who, yeah, but I got a suspicion. Ooh. I agree. It almost seems too much for one individual to figure out, but then they didn't invent proof of work, right? Uh, that, was, that was invented before them. Uh, so, you know, they really, Satoshi put a lot of components together and then brought in a few core innovations. So it's possible if you look at it as if it's really kind of standing on the shoulders of other open source projects, then it, it seems a little more feasible. Jin from Atik comes in with 6,333 sats. You guys were talking about Trello last episode. I just wanted to share one great Kanban and ticketing tool. Since a year ago, I moved to a new company. As a support engineer, I saw they were using Jira and Confluence as most tech companies. But I was given the choice to look for my own favorite tool to do ticketing system for a new client instead of using Jira. So after a few weeks of comparing FreeScout, Open Supports, OS Ticket, Request Tracker, Zuni, even Olds, OTRS, Zamad, and Tulip, I found the best agile tool out there. Tiga.io, T-A-I-G-A dot I-O. It has a limited free plan that's now open for unlimited users and projects. It's Docker-based, so you can self-host it if you want. My plan would be to replace Confluence with this. Discussing with DevOps at a FOSS event once, he told me that he found an outlier called getoutline.com, and it's checking all my boxes. You put the two together, you got something. Getoutline.com and Taiga, T-A-I-G-A-I. Don't listen to me. I'll just put them both in the notes. I didn't get enough sleep to actually read crazy URLs. Names on the web. But. It does look really, really good. I'm uh, showing it on the live stream right now. For cross-functional, agile teams to work effectively. A feature-rich software that offers a very simple start through its intuitive user interface. There you go. Maybe that's how you become a 10x developer. You get Taiga. We're going to spend the next 100 episodes trying to figure that out, aren't we? Yep. Yep. I think that's probably it. Shoham G says, hope these sats keep you warm in the winter. It is a handsome row of ducks. Adwinter is here. He says, I'm planning on boosting more regularly with what little I can. That said, Sam Altman is the mad off of our times. Can't wait till he's behind bars. Oh, a spicy prediction. So I have Sam Altman or Sam Bankman. I say both. <laughs> All right. That's that is a that is a strong that you want to make that your prediction. I like I, it. I, I say he's coming in hot. He's come. You know what? He is coming in hot. Coming in hot with the boost. Uh, he says a below average janitor does more productive work than either them. But he says than Sam. And most of the VC-backed bros, hashtag comrade radio. <laughs> so I want to tell you, I used to be a janitor, and that was one of the hardest, literally shittiest jobs I ever had. Oh. Yeah. It makes you really want to open that company at 19, because one day he will have cleaned your last toilet. <laughs> okay. 
Loudon Packs just sent us a row of ducks and just says quack. Thank you, everybody who boosted in. We got 13 boosters, 14 boost total, and a total sats of 82,589, nowhere near the 500,000 sats. So I'm going to set the bar lower. I'm going to set it to a 200,000 sat bar for next week's episode. Let's see if we can get there, and then we'll work from there. 200,000 will be our goal. But thank you, everybody who did boost in. Of course, thank you to our members as well. You can boost in without switching podcast apps. If you get Albie, get Albie.com, and then head over to the podcast index or Try out some of the new features, transcripts, cloud chapters, all kinds of nice things, including the boost, live stream support, and a lot more. Newpodcastapps.com. Is there anywhere you want to send the good people, Mr. Dominic? Uh, I'll send them to alice.dev. We are working on the new version, and I'm going to give you an estimate, three weeks, and that's going to be wrong because it's an estimate, but hey. But if you are interested in some good old automation goodness, you should get in now because I'm... Uh, Pulling on Microsoft and raising the prices <laughs> in a couple months. There so. you go. Get in yeah. while the price is still the old classic price. Isn't the old classic. going to call it classic. Legacy price. I think classic. Classic price. Something like that. True. I'll mention the chat room. We love having you there in the chat room all, all throughout the week and especially during the live show. You'll find out when we're live by being in there too. Coder.show slash matrix for that. It's our general Coder Radio chat room if you're already in the matrix. And links to what we talked about today are at Coder.show slash 528. I encourage you to check the show notes out this week. There's some good stuff in there. And of course, our subscribe page is over at coder.show, that contact form. You can email in. We love getting your feedbacks. Even if we don't read them on the show, we'll read them. And I often try to respond uh, the day before the show or something like that. So it's always worth getting getting in touch at coder.show slash contact as well. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode. If you want to share the episode, we really appreciate that. Word of mouth is a fantastic way to market a podcast because... Who's going to listen to an hour-long show unless they get a recommendation, right? Appreciate that. All right, that's it from us. See you right back here next week. <laughs>